This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Doug, who is today's special guest. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast, everybody. My guest today is Cody Smith. He's author of the new book, Stage Fight, which is a pretty funny book. And I'll I'll let Cody kind of tell you a little bit about himself in a moment. But um, I read his book last week. and It's got fantastic information, but it also cracked me up. So uh, so I'm glad to have him on the the call today. He's a a master at using self-deprecating humor as a technique to communicate effectively. And unlike most of the people who contact me and say, hey, can I be on your podcast? And really, unlike most people who've written books about public speaking, if not all of them, um, Cody didn't actually set out to be a professional speaker or to even or to, to even train people to be better. He wrote the book to actually just help people. And so um, and, and you'll kind of hear that when he tells us a little bit about his background. So he was basically just a guy who was terrified to speak in front of a group and who figured out how to conquer that fear. And once he did, it opened up a lot of doors for him. So so I, I know you're going to enjoy the conversation and possibly learn a little bit, a few new ideas along the way, especially about how to overcome your fear and nervousness. So, Cody, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so tell us about uh, your, tell us, tell us who you are and what you do and kind of what your background is so that folks can kind of have a better idea of, of why you wrote the book. Absolutely. So I'm Cody Smith, uh, like Doug said, author of uh, Stage Fight. Um, my background is more in technical side. I'm electrical engineering. Uh, I do space command and satellite work for the United States Air Force. So that's my day job. Nice. And then at night, I do more the the author and writing as well as speaking as well. And I guess to get into a little bit more of my story and kind of give you a nutshell of what the book kind of goes over, I had a I was homeschooled leading up into middle school, and I had a terrible terrible presentation experience in middle school that was just gut-wrenching and looking back it really wasn't all that bad but going through it as a middle schooler it just struck me from then on out and then even going through like presentations in high school presentations in early college I just kept reliving that experience that I'm, I'm gonna do bad I've always done bad and I will continue to do bad at public speaking and giving presentations right uh, so it wasn't actually till halfway through college I took a trip to Honduras. It was at the end of the summer, and the whole summer prior, I had spent months going over vocabulary, note cards, and apps, and I felt pretty confident that I could speak Spanish to someone who spoke Spanish. Sure. And it took it took a grand total of three seconds to speak with a lady on the plane to Honduras who only spoke Spanish that I knew nothing about the language. Right. The moment she started speaking, I couldn't comprehend it. She spoke so fast. I started sweating because I just officially just confused the both of us. So that really like took all that hard work of wanting to be great at Spanish and just threw it right down the toilet. Right. And so when I actually showed up to Honduras, there was someone I was with and he's like, look, I know, I see you're struggling. <laughs> so from now on, English is not an option. Only Spanish. We're not even going to talk to you in English. Right. So I said, okay, or see, you know, right, so sure. go and get started. And the first couple of days were brutal and they were awkward and I just confused more people. But near the end of the week, I actually got really good at speaking Spanish. 
Uh, I could bargain for melons. I could talk to the locals. I could joke around with the kids. And it, it was some point that struck me halfway through my college semester when I got back to the United States that I could use that same level of exposure to getting over uh, a fear or even to learn something, a new skill. Sure. Could then be transferred to my fear of public speaking. Nice. So I certainly, I certainly couldn't find someone, just a crowd to speak in front of every day, but I could find a crowd to speak of in front of every week. Right. So I did that on a weekly basis. And just like at the beginning of my week trying to speak Spanish, it was brutal. It was awkward. It was, I was, I was so nervous. I was sweating bullets. But after doing that for several weeks leading up through almost near the end of the semester, I was no longer nervous about getting up in front of people. The days leading up to the presentation were just a complete dread trying to distract myself from uh, being nervous about what I was going to do, what mistakes I was going to make. Sure. And that liberation of not being afraid to be yourself in front of a crowd was powerful. And there's not too many things that have really changed my life, but that was one of them. Oh, fantastic. Hey, let me kind of go back and ask you a few details about some of the things sure. that, that you covered there, because um, you, you covered a bunch of stuff that, that <laughs> folks are probably going to go, wow, well, that sounds really cool. Like, for instance, um, obviously, when, since I teach public speaking training, we do a lot of classes. Um, one of the things I find happens most often in our public speaking programs is that folks will kind of come in and they'll say, I've been struggling with this for years or my whole life. And yeah. what's, what I found is that it, it almost all, the public speaking fear or nervousness always, almost always goes back to a single incident that starts Absolutely. us down a, a path. And basically, when we get up and get, give a presentation, if we have what we perceive to be a success, we're going to become right. more confident if we have what we That's perceive right. to be a failure. It doesn't matter whether we succeeded or failed. It just matters what we thought of it, right? So going right. back to that that time in in middle school, I, I don't want you to you know to to uncover old wounds or anything. But <laughs> but what exactly happened? What was it that you look back on that? Because obviously that kind of scarred you for a good what six, seven, eight, yeah. nine years or so. So what was it that happened that day that where you're going? Oh my God, I could have done that a whole lot better. Oh, goodness. So I guess to give a little background on that presentation, we were we, the assignment was to make up a product. Uh, and so I was going to make up a baseball that would throw whatever you threw it, it would go in whatever direction you wanted to or how fast you wanted it to. So right. that was like the whole point was to make a product and bring it to market. And the worst part about this presentation was you had to come up with a jingle. So right. at the end of this presentation, you had to sing your jingle to the class, which made it so much worse than it had to be. And which, by the I way, what, just, I, just as an aside, <laughs> if you happen to be a middle school teacher, don't ever make your your students do something like that. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, no wonder. No wonder. Ninety five percent of the population has public speaking fear. So. So what happened? Uh, so I I'm certainly I was not the brightest kid going into middle school. And to me, a jingle was a like jingle bells, a full song. So I had wrote a full song. And then when I saw my friend get up and he said his jingle was like eight words long. That was it. And then he was done. The cloud clapped. And I was like, that's it. That's a jingle. And uh, I freaked out. And I was trying to come up with a way to shorten my song. But I couldn't because I was so nervous. Right. And I couldn't think straight. And so when I got up to speak and after going through and trying to speak in front of the class and completely failing, I had got to the point where it was time for the jingle. And I just took the first line of my song and the last line and smushed them together and sang them out to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars. And then no one clapped. Uh. No one clapped. They just stared at me. It was silent. And finally, the teacher kind of slowly 
slowly started clapping, and then I just kind of awkwardly sat back at my desk and just like, this is the worst day of my life. Right. And uh, and I can see looking back that not being able to look back and uh, pr- productively look back and say, oh, I should have just practiced more or asked what the jingle was. I could have gone so much better. Um, but just carrying that experience really affected me thereafter. Sure, sure. Yeah, and and uh, well, I want I want you to go into more detail about the process oh, that okay. you used. But I'm and I'm and and uh, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about that as we yeah. as we kind of go because the yeah. process that you use to help you overcome that public speaking fear is it's right. brilliant and and you were funny in your book kind of telling about it. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you to go into more details. But just sure. to kind of show you the before and after though, what kind of things have happened since you've kind of reduce that public speaking fear of when you, right. as you've kind of become a more confident speaker, what kind of doors has that right. opened up for you in your career? Oh, okay. Great question. So previously I would just run from any opportunity that, re- that required sure. me to have to speak in front of people, regardless if it was like a goal or a dream of mine. So once I got over my fear, there was an opportunity to pitch a business idea in college to a the board of the business professors, and they would grant you seed money to see if you could actually get your startup off the ground. Prior to getting over my fear, I would have been like, nah, I'm good. Right. I'm out. You tap me out, I'm done. Uh, but really getting over my fear and being presented with this opportunity to present a business idea that me and another electrical engineering student had brought up, it's, it's a card game where you build robots uh, that you would play on like a tabletop. It's a board game. Right. And so prior uh, would have just been like, nah, not going to do it. But realizing that same voice in my head of like, whoa, whoa, let's not get out in front of people. Let's not expose ourselves. Let's not be vulnerable. And be able to recognize like, oh, that's just the old me speaking. That's just the coward in me speaking. And then be able to jump at and be actively judged by professors who are judging your business idea, right. judging your presentation skills, judging your thought process, uh, being able to go from avoiding everything to actually pursuing that venue of public speaking completely changed my life. We were able to take that business idea to a platform called Kickstarter, uh, which is an online platform to build funding for projects. And we were successful, and we were able to get it manufactured in China, and then it just arrived at the Port of Georgia this last January, so that was awesome. It was awesome, and nothing, that would have never happened had I not got over my fear of public speaking, oh, never would have happened. Fantastic. Hey, and and I, I actually, so you went through and and wrote the book. What what, what kind of made you think, uh, you know, I've I've actually figured this out, and this is this has been very helpful to me. Uh, maybe I should write a book about this thing because that's <laughs> not kind of the normal progress that people go through. So, what was it that made you want to no. jump in and write a book about it? No, absolutely not. Uh, so. After I got over my fear and I was just like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm no longer afraid to speak in front of people. I might still get a little nervous, but so far I'm a completely different person. And it wasn't until I got to my career being uh, uh, working with the Air Force and working around people around my age, every 30 days, every quarter of the year, we'd have to present to our boss about the hard work we've been doing. And you'd have these young, uh, my young peers who'd get up and they're just kicking butt in the office they're doing great work and then they get up in front of the boss and they would fumble through their words and not represent themselves well and it's all because they were just nervous and afraid to speak in front of people but then you'd have this other guy who would do okay work but he was very comfortable speaking in front of people and he'd look like a rock star in front of the bosses and so 
when it was time to send up for promotions or awards or whatever, you can imagine that who was on their mind. It was right. the person who spoke well and represented themselves really well. So I was like, I can help these people. I know a very simple method to help you get over your fear of public speaking. So that's kind of where it kind of led to actually putting this into a book and then getting out to the world. Yeah, and, and we've talked a little bit about the process. I'm, I'm going to have you go through the process, but I'll give yeah. you kind of a quick overview as to what I've learned over doing this for sure. 20 years or so, doing some some coaching. One of the things that kind yeah. of makes what we do so helpful for folks is we take something that most people think is really, really complicated, like a public speech, right? It's this huge, huge thing, and we break it down yeah. into component parts. Then we give them a component part. We'll have somebody come to our class. We give them a component part of a public speech a presentation, right? We have okay. them practice that thing with coaching so that they have a success. And then once they have that little tiny success, then we build on it and add something to it. And then we build on it and add something to it. And then we build on it and add something to it. One of the things that I kind of was intrigued about in your book that was kind of totally different from what most public speaking coaches are doing is you don't really right. focus a lot in the book, at least in the early part anyway, about how to uh -huh speak or how to give the presentation. It, right. it sounds like your, your, your kind of philosophy is if you get rid of the fear, everything else kind of fixes itself, which is, which is a, basically what we kind of figured out as well. Um, right. you, know, you, you reduce that, that nervousness, reduce that public speaking fear. And all of a sudden right. folks kind of see you as being a really, really polished presentation. So, um, I noticed right. that a lot of what you're covering in your book is really dealing with how to really face that fear and make Correct. the fear go away, make it to where it doesn't empower, it doesn't have power over you anymore, which was really right. fun to kind of listen to the, the process that you went through. So without further ado, kind of tell us about that, that process. What was it that you kind of figured out and how did you, how did you uncover this? Because it sounded like you did a ton of reading and a ton of research on things totally outside of public yeah. speaking in order to conquer yeah. this fear, right? Yeah, so prior to, I, I had tried in the past to get over my fear of public speaking. So I'd read some books about like how to structure your speech, how to engage the audience, all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what I needed to do. This right. is the, my answers to my problem. But as soon as I got up in front of people, I just got, I freaked out and all this stuff I had learned went out the window and I pretty much fell into the same uh, habits and patterns that I would typically do. Uh, so it was, for me, it was getting over that fear first. Like that was what I needed to do. I couldn't concentrate on how I was standing or what my hands were doing or if my voice shaked or if I was taking pauses or if I was, you know, all these different things that you see on like YouTube videos and books. Like these are the nine principles of public speaking. And like none of that really matters if you're terrified to speak. Sure. So, so for me, it was just getting up in front of people, exposing myself to a very uncomfortable situation and then building my tolerance for being in that that arena and then getting off the stage and kind of just doing some feedback and looking back and like what could I do better you know oh, okay that wasn't as dangerous as I thought it was going to be and kind of building that bridge between my brain when I thought public speaking and instead of going straight to freak out run away go to uh, okay this isn't as dangerous as I thought it was going to be and then you start to almost slowly incorporate your pauses and you're, you're structuring your speech and all those different things. And you really start to incorporate your genuine and authentic self because you are finally being your genuine, authentic self on stage in front of people now that you're no longer afraid to speak. Sure, sure. Yeah, in, in your book, you kind of talked about um, how a lot of people see failure as 
oh my God, I failed at that. I, I can't right. do this. I, I'm, and you right. kind of started looking at it a, a different way. You started looking at it as, hey, that's a learning experience. I said, okay, I, well, obviously I tried that. It didn't really work. I'll try something else next time. So, so uh, kind of tell us a little bit about how that happened in, your, um, in, your, in the process that you were going through. Right. So I guess when you're afraid to speak and you're afraid to like make mistakes and, you know, show the world that you're not perfect. I think that's what we're mainly afraid of is showing the world that we have made mistakes and we have flaws. And I think that also, but that in itself makes ourselves appear more human and we can actually connect to an audience when we're actually being more human. But going back to your, I guess, seeing failures as more of a blessing than anything, right. it's all in how you look at it. So you can see a failure as something to avoid, something to never uh, pursue. Uh, but instead, I think it's more important to embrace failures for what they really are. And that's just life lessons. If you yeah. fail at something, it's, it's just you just found a way that it doesn't work. Uh, and so if you actually go back and, and analyze that and get some feedback on what didn't work, you can start to move in the direction toward what does work. So absolutely. each failure is a step right direction yeah absolutely yeah I, I'm the same I mean it's one of the things I can tell people especially when I'm coaching entrepreneurs coaching um, folks that are that are just starting their careers the a lot of times folks will kind of see me and they'll say oh Doug you've got this all figured out you've you've um, you look at look at all this stuff that you've accomplished and they kind of see me as being a, a you know quote unquote a business success anyway right. and the only thing that makes me more successful than anybody else is that I've just screwed up more times than anybody else absolutely. Right? I mean absolutely. when I screw up I've go oh crap okay i'm not gonna do that again i'll do something right. different the next time and as a result that's a, a learning process and i think that's the that's one of the things that we kind of notice about the folks who are really really good at speaking in front of a group is the folks who you know hey it may be nervous and challenging in the beginning but the more you do it and the more successes that you have you build on that success the more confidence that, right. that you'll have as well so Absolutely. So, okay. So you, you, one of the, I think one of the funniest parts of your book, that one of the things that really cracked me up. And by the way, when you, when you, I know a lot of you are going to go out and buy and buy Cody's book. It's, it's uh, hilarious and funny. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, right, Cody? So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, one of the things that, that you'll notice very early on is that Cody puts his, his little notes to himself on the pages, <laughs> which cracked me up. And you talked about the shield that people use when they're the, the victim yeah. shield and, and yeah. Yeah. And by the way, at the end of that chapter, the chapters are fairly short. They're easy to kind of go through. At the end of that chapter, he he uses analogies about the shield and how you need to replace your shield with a sword and all that kind of stuff. And then he put a little note at the end saying, uh, hey, by the way, I, I wrote this chapter right after watching the movie Gladiator. So <laughs> so that all got inserted into the, the chapter a little bit. Anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny about how you kind of take stuff that's just normal and, and everyday stuff that we experience and incorporate that in, into a funny way into the end of the book so what's the when you when you talked about the the new self and the old old self and and especially the part about being a victim uh, or, or treating yourself as a victim I think that 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 seems to me like that one piece of understanding that kind of changed things for you once you kind of understood that everything else just started to fall into place right right so I guess taking the mindset, if you have a, the, the mindset of being a victim, you have the mindset that something happened outside of your control and you right. have no control over that situation. So once I actually had to take ownership that, you know, me getting over my fear of public speaking and it's not the world's fault. I can't play the finger anyone else but myself. It's something I got myself into and it's something I can get myself out of. It's difficult to do that 
because then you you can't rely on any of your excuses any longer. So you really all the responsibility to take ownership for your life and the actions you take are completely on you now. Like there's no other fingers to point at anyone else. Uh, so and that's kind of like the the picture I want to take at the beginning of the book is just getting over that mental state. Because once you make that decision, you can start moving forward in the right direction. But until then, it's really difficult because you can always rely on your excuses as to why things are the way they are. Nice. Yeah. And I, 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 when, when I was kind of reading about the, um, that situation, you kind of went back to that, that middle school uh, example. And when you started to really dissect, you know, whose fault is it? <laughs> that everything kind of turned out that way. You had a you had a unique kind of conclusion that I think most people don't come to about the the reason that that thing didn't go as well as what you really wanted it to, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So like just looking back and just kind of asking your younger self, you know, it's kind of like it's like visualizing if you could to go back and talk to that younger version of yourself, and you know, after that experience, you know, like what what could we have done better instead of asking why was that so bad. You ask, what could we have done better? You know, what could we have done differently to make that experience better? And like one of them was just practicing. I didn't right. hardly practice at all. And I don't think people realize how much preparation and practice are a, a key and crucial factor in your ability to do anything, not public speaking, but anything. Sure. And we kind of downplay that a lot. Uh, but for me, it, it could have came down just to practicing. Secondly, I didn't practice in front of anyone going up in front of the class. Like that was my like that was my dry run was going up in front of the class for the grade. Sure. Uh, so I, I think people die and play. You know, don't let that. Don't be the the real deal. Be your your dry run. You know, do that in front of somebody where you can get some feedback and actually run through it before. Yeah, and like and like presentations that you've done recently. What kind of changes have you done? What kind of things have you done to make yourself more likely to have a success nowadays after you're, after kind of going through all this studying? Uh, okay, good question. So especially now, even at, at work where I'm doing presentations for the boss or the boss's boss or whoever, it, it comes down to me wanting to practice my presentation in front of my peers first. So I'll go grab yeah. some peers and I go practice in front of them. And and at first they look at you kind of weird because not a lot of people in the office do that, which is really sure. funny because this is your time to get FaceTime in front of the boss. So I, you know, I'll practice in front of them. And then I'll go back and get some feedback and redo a couple of things. And then I'll actually practice where I'm going to present. And that's changed a lot. Where I'm actually going to the boardroom and I turn all the lights on and I sit down where the boss sits and make sure he can see see what I'm what I'm trying to present, you know. And then I just get up in front of the board and just imagine everyone there and practice some more. And that sure. has helped tremendously. Yeah, I t- one of the things that Cody mentioned there that is is so helpful. It's one of the things that we cover a lot in our in our presentation classes is that it when you when you practice by yourself, like he's doing the second time or the third time, you don't get that feedback. So it's very difficult to make changes. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that when he said, "Hey, I, I went and practiced in the boardroom," he didn't say, "And I go back and make a bunch of changes." Uh, what, what where he's making the changes is he's making the changes from the feedback that he's receiving from his peers. And a lot of times that feedback doesn't necessarily come from the the peer going, "Well, you know, Cody, what you should be doing, what you should be seeing here is such and such." What you're doing is you're looking at that person's facial expression. You're looking at That's the way right. that they interact. And if they're if they're not in their head, they're going, "Oh, yeah." Hmm, let me. Now all of a sudden we know that we're communicating clearly and you don't get that when you're practicing alone. So I love the way that you structure your practices to where you're practicing with a person first 
make Correct. the alterations and then work on your flow and that kind of thing that works a whole That's lot right. better so very but very intuitive by the way um on right um to uh to maybe be able to come up with that kind of stuff so so if, if folks kind of use this process that you're talking about in your in your book, and I know we've only covered like three or four things that you cover. In the, I mean, we got like you got 30 chapters in in the book, and we've only covered like three or four th- those things. So if they, but if they go through all of the the processes and the structure, how long does yeah. it actually take somebody to start seeing results? So it took me about just doing the process the first go around in college, where I would just speak in front of one one group um, a week. Uh, it took me about. 90 days, it took about 90 days. Mm. And then now this, uh, the people that I am actually coaching, and they're actually going through the process in the book of, you have a prepared speech a week that you are like, for like Toastmasters or work or wherever you can find a speech that you actually have to sit down and practice and prepare. You're gonna speak in front of at least one person to practice before you go do that actual speech. Then you're gonna have the speech that week, so that's two. And then you're going to find an opportunity to do an impromptu speech, whether that's, I think you've talked in some of your, your earlier episodes about Toastmasters, we can do a right, table sure. topic, so we can give a, a two-minute speech, or any other opportunities you could find an impromptu speech, like whether you're going to an improv class for free on the weekends or doing a drama class, which are really odd things to go do to get over your fear of public speaking, but you can't prepare for them and you have to get it out of your head to do them. So you're speaking three times a week. Most professional speakers speak once a week. So you're already doing it. You're three times ahead of them. And so now I'm seeing uh, some of the people that I'm coaching, they're actually getting over their fear a lot quicker than I did just doing the once a week. Um, And that's actually been helping them a lot. I've seen usually it's at least a month, right? It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to get over your fear. Uh, But we're seeing 60 to 90 days to get over it. But I, yeah. It's funny because you mentioned that I when I uh, when I first started doing training and 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 teaching, I, I worked for a big major you know training company and and we were doing classes left and right. But I was just one of like three thousand instructor or a thousand instructors or three thousand employees in the yeah. whole company, and I was one of a thousand instructors. And so I only got to actually present about one class a year. Now the class that I was teaching took place over a three month period of time, and I got so I got to I got one session of, of a week for a total of three months, and it took me right. a good. I'd say three years or so to get to the point where I would, I felt like I was up to par with the other instructors that were, that were in the company did really well. What was funny though, was that when I went out and created the leaders Institute and we started doing our fearless presentations classes, I started doing, you know, my first year, I probably did about six classes. And the second year I probably did, you know, 20 or 30. And the next year we did a hundred, you know? So, so when it was was just me, all of a sudden I got really good, really, really fast. But what's interesting though, was that one of the first guys that I hired was right out of college. He was a, he was a young guy right, right out of college. And when I was training him to be an instructor, it took him less than a year to get to the point that it took me to get to in five, six, seven years. And the reason why is because he was going through, he, instead of, instead of, um, you know, teaching for three hours a week for 12 weeks a year, you know, he was speaking eight hours a day for (laughs) 30 hours, 30 days in a month, you know? So he was going through that so much faster. So I think one of the things that you're kind of talking about here is, is just so critical in the process is that, if you really want to overcome that fear, you got to do it. You got to get out there and do it. Look yeah. for those opportunities. Look for those places that you can you can speak. The more you do, the the um, the easier it's going to be to really overcome that nervousness, yes. overcome that that public speaking fear. Um, so, since the book has come out, what kind of things have you kind of started doing differently, or what can, what's on the what's next for you? What's on the horizon? 
So the horizon is something we talked about a little bit earlier. It's just really getting into uh, the professional speaking and being more active about finding those uh, bigger audiences, um, helping more people, really spreading the word about about stage fight and helping people get out there and, and find more opportunities to speak and get over their fear. And then the second thing we're doing right now is we have a YouTube channel we're pulling up. I just got We just got done filming some stuff this weekend where we went to a mall and did impromptu speeches to people sitting at the food court where they would give us a random topic to talk about for two minutes. Oh, and, uh, so, so you could hit 10, 20 people doing that. And uh, even, you know, even, even for myself, who I feel pretty confident speaking in front of people, I was very nervous going up in front of people of like just small audiences of two or three. And by you, 20 of those, and it takes you like 30 minutes maybe. Uh, nice. And you, you feel empowered. You feel great after you get on all that. And so we're just doing very unorthodox methods for finding audiences and really just kind of like leveling up to like harder and harder situations or more difficult situations to get over your fear of public speaking. Nice. We got some more stuff out. Ah, great. We'll look forward to it. Well, I'll put uh, the Amazon link to Cody's book on the sure. in the show notes so that you can kind of find it. Um, and like I said, we just highlighted just a few of the the key things that he's talked about in his book. So, um, so Cody, thanks a lot for being on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Anything you want to add uh, before we kind of go? Anything you want to kind of sum up? Man, just highlight. It's going to be the amount of exposure that right. you get getting in front of people and talking to audiences and doing that on a consistent basis. And you will get over your fear of public speaking. Uh, it just takes some time and effort on your end, but it, it does happen. Um, and yep. once you do, you're going to feel like you're free. Like it, uh, it's like you It really is. It's it, fantastic. It's, it's one of the, one of those things that opens up a, a lot of doors. So, uh, so if somebody wants you to come and speak at one of their conferences, how do they get in touch with you? You can actually just shoot me an email at Cody at stage fight club.com. Stage club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks, Cody, for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast and have continued success in public speaking. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 